BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details your holster is way more important than you think it is it's just way more important than you think it is what look and i get that the holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms right you want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition you, you want to talk about your safety training you want to talk about how you did at the range oh look at my groups i was doing these failure drills today and all that stuff's really important i mean really really important i'm not discounting that but I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, it should be a light and fluffy day today on the Jesse Kelly Show. Yikes. All right. I know what's on your mind. 
I know you woke up this morning, and before you even rolled over and gave the old lady or your man a little smoochy smooch in bed, you said to yourself, man, I can't wait to hear what Jesse Kelly has to say about the Derek Chauvin trial today, and I don't blame you. <laughs> no, in seriousness, I have a a way different take on it than than anyone else. It's going to it's going to be a different take on it than anyone else. And yes, I saw the latest shooting of that cop shoots the 15-year-old girl who was trying to stab somebody and I'll tell you something else, I have a way different take on that one too than everybody else. I just look at these things different. I'm not saying I'm right, but of course I am. We'll go over that today. I have some really really good emails today. I got I got a bunch of emails about the national divorce. Someone wants to know what it would look like. I'm going to lay it out for you today, what it would look like. Someone else wanted to know about my time on jury duty. I was once jury foreman. I will explain about my time on jury duty. It's going to be maybe our greatest show ever here on the Jesse Kelly show today. But first... We are going to do a rewind. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Lest I forget, not Friday, tomorrow. Tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse day. Tomorrow. Do you hear me? So email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions or call, leave us a voicemail. We got a voicemail today. You can call 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com or email me your questions. For you newbies, I have almost three years of community college credits. I take that extensive education and answer questions about everything under the sun on Fridays. Political history, men, women, food, travel, animal fights, survival scenarios. You name the stupid thing or interesting thing or serious thing. I answer questions about them. I don't do any stories or anything. It's all your questions on Fridays. But I'm gone this Friday. I have a fancy thing I have to do. I'll be I'll be able to tell you about it next week. But I have something I have to do on Friday. So Thursday is going to be that day. Now let's rewind Back to the early 1900s. And I was thinking about this yesterday. And I, not that I would ever make a mistake. Everyone knows that's not something I would do. I don't even, I don't even know how to spell mistake. But I do realize that I make the mistake too sometimes. And what mistake is that? Well, it drives me nuts when people tell a story about themselves or about history or something like that, and they pretend as if the entire audience, everybody who's listening, is totally boned up on the story the way they are, and they pretend, look, radio hosts do this too. I, I know I've done this. I'll, I'll tell a story about particularly World War I, which is where we're going today, and because I love World War I, I obsess on it. I've done a million shows on it, and I realized the last four, five, six shows I've done on World War I, I've just kind of skipped over the lead-up to it because the lead-up to it is so long and so complicated, and how did we get into it? I skip over it acting like you already know. Well, there was assassination, and you know it all. 
well, that's not true. I realize I've left 75, 80%, maybe 90% of the people out there who either never heard or forgot it. I've completely left them in the lurch. They're looking around like, what? What? No, I don't know. What What happened? What? So we're going to... We're going to tie a little bow on the beginning of World War I today before we get to our World War I story. Bear with me. Now, one thing I love so much about history is how it all bleeds together and blends together. And one thing leads to another in the words of that great 80s song. Europe was a funny place, late 1800s, early 1900s. One thing you need to know is Germany, specifically. They were the new kid on the block. You ever have a new kid show up at your school back when you were in school? And it's easy. Everyone can picture the nerdy, awkward new kid who got moved in and gets pushed around a little bit before somebody makes friends with him and then everything's fine. You ever have the experience of the new kid coming into your school and all of a sudden he's the coolest kid in school? He's the best at all the sports, the pretty girl everybody wants to date. She's hanging on his arm in about five seconds. And I I can't speak for women, although women are jealous too, so it probably very much applies. But as a dude, especially when you're young and kind of dorky, haven't gotten your confidence yet, you start looking around and you say to yourself, well, that kind of sucks. Who's this freaking guy? This is my school. I've, I've been chasing that woman for years. What the... That was Germany back in this time period. Germany was previously Prussia and some other places. That's complicated. But Germany had recently become Germany. And Germany was just just better than everyone else at the time. I don't have another way to put it. I don't want to say they were the biggest, strongest in the world, although they would get there. But you probably call Britain the greatest power in the world. Maybe France the greatest land power in the world. But Germany comes along and they're just doing it better than everybody else. Fast, efficient, rapidly advancing technologically. Militarily, they were absurdly good. And I don't know what it is about Germany. Something in the mentality or the history They just churn out military commanders who are aggressive and smart and logistically, and this is not surprising when you know German people, logistically, they're just stupid good, absurdly good. They're always going to have food and ammo and bombs and bullets to their guys. They're just really good at it. And the country as a whole, the economy is booming. I mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. It's kind of uncomfortable to talk about. Takes you to kind of a weird place. They're having lots of babies. Their fertility rate is through the roof. And in the old days, back then, they were a lot more forward about that than they are today. Today, you don't want to talk about that because everyone's worried about offending someone else or offending this person or offending that person. And you know I don't judge anyone and point fingers at people for their life choices, although I do yell at Jewish producer Chris for not getting married yet and having kids. But the truth is, on a macro level for a nation, a nation is very, very healthy, wealthy, and prosperous in general when young people are getting married and making babies, lots of them. It's creating a new generation of good, prosperous citizens. 
Germany's fertility rate is flat out scaring France and Britain at this point in time. They're looking at the way these Germans are making kids and they're saying, oh my gosh, our young people got to get to work. Germany also had just fought a war with France called the Franco-Prussian War. And Germany won. And Germany took the areas Alsace and Lorraine. A lot of people say Alsace, Lorraine. It's two different areas. They're, they're, they're touching each other. It doesn't matter what they are for the purpose of our story, but you should know this. They're valued, treasured areas by both France and Germany, and they're critical economic areas. France had just had to cough this one up and give it to Germany at the end of the Franco-Prussian War. That's where we're at leading up to World War I. And one more thing on the German front. Germany has a little bit of a jealousy problem their own. What is that jealousy problem? I will tell you, and we will get to the Derek Chauvin trial stuff. Hang on. to the Jesse Kelly show. Jake's mint chew is how you will finally quit dipping tobacco. And I want you to do me a favor. If you're dipping and you want to quit or you think you should quit, maybe you don't want to, but you think you should quit. Get yourself some Jake's mint chew. Start out with the CBD pouches. Those really take the edge off, so those work the best. Start out with the CBD pouches, and I understand you're still going to have a can of your dip at the house. The next time you want one, only once, I'm only asking you to do this once to see if it works for you. The next time you feel like having a dip, instead of reaching for it, reach for the CBD pouches, tobacco-free, nicotine-free, even sugar-free. Just try it once. It will work for you. It works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. The world-famous Jesse Kelly show on a very non-controversial Wednesday. Thank goodness there aren't any tough issues to tackle. <laughs> well, yes, I'm going to get to my thoughts on the Chauvin trial. I'm going to get to my thoughts on the latest police shooting, Chicago, 15-year-old girl. I'm going to be very frank about it, as you might expect. I do enjoy the emails we get from people saying how much you enjoy that. So I'm going to be very frank about it. That's just my way. I am not going to give you the same answers you get everywhere else. I just don't look at these things the same way other people do. I don't look at at them the same way people on the left do. I don't look at them the same way most people on the right do. I just do not. That's not how I look at it. If you have listened to the show for any length of time, you probably have at least a reasonable guess of of how I will approach it, but you'll have to wait and see. I will get to that 
40 minutes from now. 40 minutes from now, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and give you my thoughts on the Derek Chauvin trial verdict and the newest Chicago police shooting. Back to our story. Europe. Germany's on the rise. France is strong. Britain's strong. They're very much giving Germany that side-eye look as the new kid on the block who appears to be maybe bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else. He's already got the pretty girl on his arm, and there's some jealousy there. Germany has some jealousy, too. Germany's jealous of the colony situation. This is still very much the colonial era where France... And Britain, they have colonies everywhere, all over the world. Belgium, Belgium has colonies because this was this was the era. I mean, just I mean, you would probably call it the post-colonial era. This was the era right after Europe had spent all this time sending ships all over the world, finding less powerful nations, walking in, saying, "Hey, you're under our protection now. Congratulations!" And doing the colonies quick, Chris. Chris did the air fingers quote protection thing. Sometimes it was that. Anyway. Well, Germany is still a fairly new country at this point. Don't email me. Ah, Prussia and this was around forever. I know they're not new peoples. I mean, Germany is an established country, still very new. They don't have any of these. And if you've ever hung around, I mean, this applies to everybody. So I don't even want to call it rich people. I'll tell you a quick side story here. There is a guy I know in a major city. No, it's not mine, so don't bother looking him up. There's a guy I know in a major city, and he was telling me a story about one of his wealthy friends who was building a skyscraper in his city. And if you're building a skyscraper, you're going to have architects and engineers and all these people come in and build it. And he hires this team of people. And finally, they present, with, present him with this incredible plan. Look at this building we've designed for you. Aren't you impressed? And he looks at it for five seconds. And he said, oh, man, that really is awesome. But how tall is, and he named his competitor, who also had a skyscraper in town. He said, how tall is his building? And they told him how tall it was. He said, take all these plans back and redo it and make sure my building is one floor taller than his. That sounds petty and small. It sounds immature. Anything You're rolling your eyes right now, and me relating the story to you has me rolling my eyes too. I want you to know that. But that's human nature. That's human nature. And you're Germany. You're on the rise. You want some colonies too. You start, you start building up quite a military. You start getting awfully bulky. You start doing some fight training. Militaries, militaries are intimidation tactics. Remember that. And Germany's building a juggernaut. And France and Britain are seeing this and getting a little nervous. Now, let's pause up there and let's go down to a place called Austria-Hungary and Serbia. Austria-Hungary is weak and pathetic now. They're considered one of the they're considered at this point still one of the superpowers, but the world's about to find out they are not a superpower. And they're a country with so much unrest within their own borders. And European history is so complicated, I'm not going to go into that, but they had a weak monarchy 
They had all kinds of people within their borders who they were technically over, who didn't want to be there. And it was just, it was an all, it was a great paper tiger. And then you get it out there and you find out this thing has no teeth to it at all. So that's the Austria Hungary situation. And part of the problem they're having is this place called Serbia. Serbia, see, so much of the world bases their, their, their whole direction in life off of their ethnicity or race or religion or what you want to call Serbia, they didn't want to be part of Austria-Hungary. They didn't want to be underneath Austria-Hungary, I, could, I should say, because they were a separate country. They wanted to go be with Yugoslavia. They wanted to go be with other Slavs, with other Slavic people. It was an affront to them to be part of Austria-Hungary, and it was such a major deal. These, do we want to call them terrorist organizations, secret societies, whatever you want to call them, they begin to arise in these countries, in Serbia, in Austria-Hungary. They're, they're ambitious, testosterone-filled, patriotic, nationalistic, whatever way you want to put it, young men want to do something about this situation. Young men, to their credit, it's how God made them. It's part of what makes the world go around. It can get you in trouble sometimes. But young men want to be part of something, want to do something, want, want to be after something. And there, there was this thing, how cool is this? I cannot believe there's never been a movie made about this. There was this one of these groups called the Black Hand Society. I know, Chris, how cool is that? The Black Hand Society. And they found out that the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the guy who was going to be, when his dad died, the guy who was going to be leading Austria-Hungary, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand was coming to Sarajevo with his wife. They find out about this because they're drinking and ripping cigarettes in a bar and somebody, somebody, and this is going to be a big contested thing later on, somebody hand delivers them an envelope and all it had in it was a newspaper clipping announcing the Archduke's visit. How cool is that? And I will, I will just, look, I'll spoil the story for you. It was believed the Austria-Hungarians would swear unto their death that the Serbian intelligence service, the Serbian CIA, just think of them that way, that they were the ones funding and backing groups like this Black Hand Society to do things like that. And you know what? Things like that can be true and also untrue. What do I mean by that? Well, what if it wasn't the official position of the Serbian intelligence unit to back this group? What if one chief somewhere decided he liked this group and he found a way to get some illegal funds and some backing towards them? Does that count as Serbian intelligence because one member of Serbian intelligence was involved? You see how complicated it gets? Either way, Archduke Franz Ferdinand shows up, drives around in his car. They've... They've advertised the route he's going to take so people can go out and wave. He's in an open car. He's in a convertible with the wife. These assassins, it wasn't just Gavriel Princep. I believe he had six guys with him, are stationed all over the route with bombs and pistols so they can, they can kill this guy when he comes by if they get a chance. And they don't know. I mean, who's going to get the chance? Who knows? Archduke Franz Ferdinand along the way makes a stop. Happens to stop in front of one of these assassins, 
who runs out and chucks a bomb at him. But that didn't go as planned either. I'll explain how that went in just a second. And the Chauvin trial. Hang on. Do you have any idea what it's like to be free from allergies? And I realize even asking that question probably means I have you throwing something at the radio because your eyes are itching as we speak and your nose is running and you've been sneezing all day. Well, allow me to tell you, I've been where you're sitting. I would use, <laughs> I would pop those pharmacy allergy medications like candy. I'm embarrassed to admit that. I shouldn't even admit that on the air. I'd take two or three a day. My allergies were so bad. I don't take any anymore. Not one. Because of my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I don't even know if it's fair to call this thing an air purifier. I've had air purifiers my entire life. This thing, it's something better. Go get one and find out. EdenPureDeals.com that's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. So again, thank you, George Floyd. For sacrificing your life for justice. <laughs> what? What? Nancy Pelosi thanking George Floyd for dying. <laughs> what in the world? Chris, if you could if you could make a foot cramp. Have you ever had a foot cramp, Chris? If you could make a foot cramp take the form of a human, it would be Nancy Pelosi. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. She's so detestable. I love her. She's just the worst human being ever. And she's the most powerful woman in America. I can't I can't tell you how much I admire that. What kind of a what kind of a cunning, ruthless human being do you have to be to take that personality and rise to power like that? Gosh, she's horrible. <laughs> All right. Back to Sarajevo. Archduke Franz Ferdinand riding around with the old lady. And an open convertible happens to stop in front of one of the assassins who chucks a bomb at him. The bomb bounces off the car and explodes. Well, now the Archduke knows someone's trying to kill him. So he takes off into town. Takes off, gets to you know local politician's place, starts to complain that they're trying to kill me here, right? As you can imagine, he would have some strong words about that. Uh, I, I couldn't help but notice people were throwing bombs at me on the way here. They say, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it's, it, it happens here. Anyway, uh, you should probably head on out of town. He gets in the car, and he's supposed to take an alternate route. Like, obviously, they've decided maybe it's for the best if we don't take the route we advertised. We're, let's take an alternate route. The driver of his car, I, I, honestly, it's amazing to me. The driver of his car was not aware he was supposed to take an alternate route and takes off on the normal route. What, Chris? 
Chris said possibly in on it. You know, I would go with that, except you know they pulled that driver in and pulled his fingernails out afterwards trying to find out the truth. You know that driver was interrogated and ripped apart. I mean, he could be in on it. Who knows? But it also goes to show communication is key, right? You're going to switch the route. Somebody better pick up the ball and tell the guy driving the car. All right. Drives the car. Drives it the way that he wasn't supposed to go. Finally realizes it and stops it. Oh, no, I'm not supposed to go this way. Stops the car. Happens to stop the car right in front of Gavrio Princip, who's standing on the sidewalk with a pistol in his hands. Just the odds of this, honestly, it makes me, now you have me being a conspiracy theorist, Chris. Now I think the driver was in on it. Gavrio Princip pulls out the pistol, pop, pop, pop. Kills the Archduke, kills his wife. No, they didn't die right away. It's it's kind of a touching, kind of heartbreaking love story. They died in each other's arms, and he's telling her, don't die. Think of the children, and, and she's worried about him. And it's I mean, it's really one of those. And they were supposedly, what's terrible about this, They these weren't tyrants. These were supposedly both, like, really solid people, family people, you know, just good couple, whatnot. But boom, they die. Now it's about to get beyond because Austria-Hungary is furious. The much more militant father who's running Austria-Hungary issues some ultimatum ultimatum to Serbia, which Serbia in no way could, they could no way do it. It wasn't even possible. You might as well just told them we want to go to war. Serbia knows they can't do it. Serbia looks to their big brother, major juggernaut Russia. Russia says, oh, yeah, you can't do that to Serbia. Austria-Hungary looks to their big brother, Germany, and Germany says, yeah, you can't do that to Austria-Hungary, and blah, 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 and now we're in World War I. Now we're in World War I. Germany, though, has a plan to win World War I, and it is maybe the most debated military plan in the history of mankind. You know, I don't give you names. I haven't given you many today. You might want to put this one in your back pocket, though. The Schlieffen Plan. It's called the Schlieffen Plan. Don't worry about the details of it. I'll go over what I can, but just know this. If you look at a map, you see Germany, you see where France is, you see where Russia is. Germany is well aware of the dangers of fighting a two-front war. So the Schlieffen plan was simply this. Russia is huge. Russia is powerful, but Russia is notoriously slow. One, just because they're generally inefficient. Two, because they're so daggone big. Remember the last, what was it, the uh, uh, the Japanese, the, the Russo-Japanese War? Part of the problem Russia had was they couldn't get their men to the front fast enough because Russia was so big. It just takes Russia a long time. The place is enormous. So the Schlieffen plan is simply this. Let's amass our troops over towards Belgium, storm through <clears throat> neutral Belgium, and blow France out of the water right away. Let's put all of our eggs in one basket, slam through France, knock France out. Then we don't have a two-front war. We have a one-front war with Russia that we can win. It did not work out that way at all for a couple different reasons. It ended up Russia mobilized faster than they gave them credit for. They still sucked. Germany was a top-notch, probably maybe the best army in the world, probably the best army in the world. 
Germany sent a, a smaller force, a half-sized force over to fight the Russians and promptly beat up both of them. I mean, beat up the whole army. They just crushed them. But two, the Schlieffen plan is working at first. They do storm through Belgium, which was admittedly not difficult, although the Belgians, to their credit, the Belgians stood up and made, well, they acquitted themselves well. I'll put it to you that way. There's nothing Belgium could have done against a juggernaut like Germany, but they did blow up bridges and try to fight from their forts and stuff like that. They Look, they piled up some serious German bodies in Belgium. But now, Germany, I want you to think of them as one long line of troops, a powerful juggernaut line sweeping into France like a door, like a door that's closing. That's how they're sweeping into France. France is, well, desperate doesn't actually even do it justice. France knows they are in very, very, very serious trouble. Now, France has a big, capable, proud army, some really great commanders. It's really fun to make fun of France now because of how they performed in World War II. Pre-World War I, France had a military history that was dang good. I mean, this is the country of Napoleon, remember, here. They're, they're, they're dang good. But France needed help. It was not a foregone conclusion that Britain would fight on the side of the French and not the Germans. They were both lobbying Britain hard. Hey, obviously you're going to fight with us, right? And both of them had a decent claim to having Britain fight with them. Britain, however, made the decision that they were going to fight with France instead. A lot of that had to do with the fact that Germany stormed through neutral Belgium. Now, that was the only way into France. If, if you're a German, you have, to, you have to justify it by saying, hey, that was our only way in. But Belgium hadn't picked a fight with anybody. And now they're getting slaughtered. Their towns are taken over. Britain hops in with France. And they send the BEF down there, the British Expeditionary Force. Now, the thing about Britain historically is this. You already know, greatest navy in the world. They're always the greatest navy in the world. Their land forces are almost always really small. They don't have very many land forces. Uh, the, what, what they do have is generally really good. I'll tell you, British troops to this day are really, really good. Trained really well, excellent marksmen, proud tradition. They're very, very good. I, I worked with some British Royal Marines. These dudes were studs. But the BEF decides they're going to go down and stand by France and take on the juggernaut. How's that going to go? I'll wrap this up in a second, and then it's time to talk Chauvin. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. 
complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. <laughs> Just the worst person in the world. That was Nancy Pelosi. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Lee Smith coming up in about 40 minutes from now. Lee Smith in 40 minutes from now. He's the one you may remember him from before He wrote an article called The 23 Tyrants of Athens about these oligarchs in Athens who essentially decided to betray their own country to enrich themselves and how that's what we're facing here. We're going to bring him back on to discuss that further, to pull that apart a little more, and to maybe talk about the national divorce thing I talk about a lot. Lee Smith did reach out to me yesterday about my public statement about publishing information on journalists. Let me be clear, if, if, if anybody missed this from yesterday, what I said was simply this, and I'll get to your emails about it and whatnot. What I said was this, I don't care who you are, journalist or not, whatever cloak you try to put on yourself, I said if anyone doxes, if any journalist doxes one of those jurors, releases the information on one of those jurors, which is obviously just an effort to get them intimidated and or hurt or killed, then I will release the information on one of those journalists. I will. And that promise stands. I will. It's not acceptable. It is not acceptable. That is playing offense. All right, back to the story here. The British Expeditionary Force is excellent, highly trained veterans. They're awesome, but they're tiny I mean, Britain, remember I said they had a small army? How about four divisions? France and Germany have like 60. And that's that, I, want you, I want to put that in, into context for you here. There just aren't many of them. And because there aren't many of them, but they're excellent, they are sent to hold the flank, the very outer edge. They're standing, you know, on one side of them is the ocean, and on the other side of them is the French holding the line. They're standing on the line with the French. The Germans come storming in. And this entire battle is called the Battle of the Frontiers. And it's very difficult to put into words the kind of carnage that took place at this battle because everyone knows how terrible World War I was because everyone's just now getting introduced to machine guns and artillery and the devastating effects of those things. Here's this. At the Battle of the Frontiers, France had 200,000 casualties. In one battle. In one day, 
France had 27,000 Frenchmen die. That's not casualties dead in one day. Go look at the casualty numbers for America in our wars. We've never had a day like that, even close to that, in American history, unless you count the Civil War. 27,000 in one day. So this is a bloody, I mean, it's a butcher shop out there. And they're just slaughtering each other. And the, the BEF is holding up very, very well. But at some point in time, they're just overwhelmed. And they have to break. They don't turn and run. They retreat in good order is what they call it, meaning you're moving back in an orderly fashion, not turning and running, making sure the enemy can't just chase after you. They're doing, doing, they're doing well. But once you break, once you start moving back, oftentimes you just have to keep doing that for as long as it takes until you can catch their breath. Once the, British, once the British came back, this smaller portion of this is called the Battle of Mons, in case you're curious. But once the British pull back, you know how long they were pulling back for after that? Two weeks. Two weeks. They essentially got to Paris before they got to a place where they could stop and breathe and rest again. But remember this. They did win in the end. They did win in the end. When I talk about things like balkanize, get out of the cities, I get lots of lots of people who agree. I get lots of people who disagree, and that's fine. You feel however you want. I'm not your I'm not your I'm not your priest. I'm not your dad. But understand this. The tactical retreat to save the small army you have so it can live to fight another day. The tactical retreat is one of the most important parts of winning a war. Not a battle, a war. There is nothing wrong with cutting your losses, accepting that you can't win on this particular day and choosing to make sure you're around to fight on the next day. There's nothing wrong with that. No, they don't make movies about that. Come see the latest Russell Crowe film where he tactically retreats. You're never, ever, ever going to see that. You want to see them charge into the teeth of the enemy and die on 90 spears. That's what sells tickets. That's what you like. That's not always what wins wars. All right. It's time to talk about this Chauvin verdict and the latest shooting and everything else. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. 
Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you miss any part of our show, including the the setup, the very brief version of the setup to World War One, you can catch it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Every single day, Chris puts the podcast of the entire show up on iTunes, and he separates out the history segment as well on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Also, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Tomorrow, not Friday this week, tomorrow, Thursday, that's going to be an Ask Dr. Jesse day where we screw off and have fun and answer questions all day. Okay, it's time to talk about this verdict. Let's roll. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see. The systemic racism the vice president just referred to. The systemic racism is a stain on our nation's soul. The knee on the neck of justice for black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Oh, Oh, good. That's that's great. That's That's quite a message from the president of the United States of America. All right. It is the Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. About 23 minutes from now, we're going to have Lee Smith come on. He's going to talk to us about who really runs the country. He's going to talk to us about my national divorce idea, which I will get to. But since everybody and their brother has an opinion on the Derek Chauvin verdict. I'm going to give you mine. And let me just warn you ahead of time. This is not the one you think you're going to get. 
It's not the one you're getting from the left. It's not the one you're getting from the right. You know what? You want to know what I think about it? What I really think about it? Who cares? I, I, it's not that. It's not that I don't care that a man died. It's not that I don't care that a cop lost his livelihood and now lost his freedom. I, 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 I don't get emotionally invested in things that have nothing to do with me. And I definitely don't get emotionally invested in things that I already see are a foregone conclusion. What do I mean by that? Well, why do you think I tell you so much to balkanize, to pack up yourself and your family, get out of these urban hell holes, get to a red area, preferably a red state, make it redder, protect yourself? Do you think I just say that because it sounds fun on the radio? Let me tell you why I say that. I say that because it's not just that these urban hellholes are bad now. They are. They're very bad now. But that's not it. Not only are they bad now, they're not slowing down. They're not self-assessing. They're not looking around at the state of things and saying to themselves, Ooh, man, you know, whew, we probably took this a little bit too far. Let's, let's tap the brakes. We need, we need to reassess. They're looking around and saying to themselves, full speed ahead, baby. We need more. We need to do this harder. We need to go after this more. That's what we need. That's exactly what we need. The, look, they're laying it out for you clear as day. So, no. This verdict is not justice. Frankly, even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working, working because it's not working. And That's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment. Oh, those pauses are absolutely brutal. (laughs) Look, it's easy to pick on AOC. Those sentiments were echoed by person after person after person after person. Why I'm telling you to balkanize, separate, leave, go to a red area, make it redder. Why am I saying these things? Why don't I get emotionally invested in a trial of Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd? Why? America's cities are lost. It's time to tactically retreat from them. They're lost. They're all now. They're all going to be run by communist mayors and communist DAs. Black Lives Matter and Antifa are going to have free reign in these cities. Criminals are going to be, they already are, more and more criminals are just going to be turned loose from the jails. In the poor black neighborhoods, the gangs are going to run absolutely wild as the police get A, defunded, and B, more importantly than the funding, 
The police now know, remember, these are eating, sleeping, breathing human beings. They know they have no backing if they wade into one of these war zones and do something to defend themselves or someone else. Or maybe they screw something up. You know, cops aren't perfect either. Either way, there's no protection for them. So they're going to pull back, which is going to make these already terrible neighborhoods worse. And so as the neighborhoods get worse, the police will get blamed more. As the police get blamed more, the neighborhoods get worse. And then more communists get elected and more communists get elected. You're seeing a death spiral, a death cycle that has no appearance. There is no appearance. There's not even an inclination that this thing is going to stop or slow down even a little. It only gets worse from here. Oh, did I mention major companies are going to be pulling out of these cities not only them, small businesses, which are the one lifeblood flowing through some of these areas, they're leaving too. So you have an area that was already crime-ridden and poor. It's about to be more crime-ridden and more poor with fewer cops and fewer protection for the cops that come. And this only gets worse and worse and worse and worse as we go. There's no salvaging that. There's no salvaging that. Who do I actually feel bad for? I feel bad for the tons and tons and tons of outstanding poor black people who don't have the means to move out of these areas because they're now stuck in Juarez for the foreseeable future. Do you have any idea what that's like? Have you ever talked to somebody who's lived like that? These people who, by the grace of God, managed to get out. Kids, 10, 11 years old. My, that's my son's age. Kids, 10, 11 years old, doing the best they can not to get hit in the head with a brick or stabbed on the way to school. 12-year-olds, 12-year-olds joining gangs to protect themselves. War zones. War zones that are about to get worse. War zones that are about to get worse because communists divide. And because nobody wants to tackle real problems. Everyone just wants to point fingers at the boys in blue with the badges on and say it's the cops' fault. Well, we're not going to solve anything ever blaming the cops. <laughs> we're, not, we're just simply not going to do it. It's not the cops' fault. And I'm not the guy who takes the cops' side every single time. But saying the cops are the problem in these areas is flatly absurd. It's absurd. That's my take on the Chauvin-George Floyd trial. I don't care. I didn't care one way or the other. I wasn't invested in George Floyd emotionally. I wasn't invested in George Flo- in, in Derek Chauvin emotionally. I thought the turning of George Floyd into a saint after his death was absolutely absurd. The guy had 9,000 memorials across the country by a bunch of people who didn't give a crap about George Floyd. They just wanted to use him as a symbol for their own activists. That's all it was. I find myself caring about the individual people of places like like Minneapolis, but as Minneapolis as a whole, a once awesome city, people don't realize how cool so many of these cities were. It's easy to make fun of uh, – uh, Portland's a great example. It's easy to make fun of Portland right now. Because they're insane and they've ruined that place. Portland was at one point one of the most beautiful cities in the country, and it's ruined. 
And you know what? I've seen this new cop shooting. And I have a different take on that than everything else as long as we're making all kinds of enemies. Let's make some more on The Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. My Eden Pure thunderstorms have changed my life. And I should probably clarify, I didn't just say that word wrong. I I don't own one Eden Pure thunderstorm. I own three of them. I got mine. I plugged mine in my bedroom. My room, I mean, before I even got the allergy relief, my room just instantly smelled so much better because it doesn't cover up odors. It eliminates them. And then my sons promptly stole mine on the first day. I was so impressed by even the little brief window I had into what it's like to be around one of those things. I went and got two more. I'm not telling you to go buy three. I did, though. Go enjoy relief from allergies. Go enjoy something that will clean your air. Go get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Do not forget to use the code word JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, for 10 bucks off. The Jesse Kelly Show. We have Lee Smith, author Lee Smith, coming up 10 minutes from now. He's going to tell us who really runs this country, and he's going to give me his thoughts on the national divorce thing. I have awesome, awesome emails today. I'll get to them. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Tomorrow, not Friday, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse day. I'll be out Friday. BK will be filling in, so that'll be a cool show. But I'll be out Friday, and I can't deny you the extreme joy Ask Dr. Jesse gives you. I'll be frank. I'm doing it for me because I love it too. (laughs) All right. All right. Before we get to the emails, and I'm going to get to those, there's something else. There's a brand new shooting everybody's arguing about today. Here's what happened. From what I know so far, we already have the body camera footage of it. But from what I know so far, and if any of these details change, I will tell you they've changed. But from what I can gather, a 15 or 16-year-old, I can't seem to get an exact age, young black girl was in a foster home. There are reports that multiple girls showed up to fight with her. We don't know about the validity of that, whether it was multiple girls, one girl, where they were over there playing and then got in a fight. Whatever the case may be, the 15 or 16-year-old girl called the police, was so afraid she called the police. Then you fast forward to the body camera footage of a girl, young black girl, 
pulling out a knife. There's, there's even still shots of it. You've undoubtedly seen them by now. Pulling out a knife, getting ready to stab another girl. You're seeing this in the in the police officer's body camera footage. Pop, pop, pop. He shoots the girl dead. Turns out the girl with the knife who the cop shot was the one who made the phone call. Again, I will update these details if these details change. She's the one who called the police. And so what do you have out there today? The same thing you have every time something like this happens. There are the people who every single time will defend the police no matter what. And look, oftentimes that's justified. I admit that. Every time. It's the cops. It's the cops are perfect. The cop didn't do anything wrong. Or you only have one other kind of person out there. The kind of person who defends the black person who got shot every single time. You know them. The race activists on the left and the right. Oh, it's not her fault. It's obviously a perfect saint in the cops. Again, I realize this is the least popular thing in the world. I think you're both ridiculous. I think that cops, while overall are the salt of the earth, cops are all different. There are good ones, bad ones. There are good ones who have bad days. There are bad ones who have good days. There are cops out there saving lives, putting their life on the line every single day to stop bad people and wade through the muck of society. And I thank them all the time. I won't apologize for that ever. I will not be anti-cop. But there are bad cops too. Cops are all different because they're all human beings. And civilians, whether they be black, white, whatever the color may be, they're all different too. All of them. Different circumstances, different people. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. Judge every single situation, every single one on its own. I don't look at every time there's a shooting of some kind and say to myself, the cops are the good guy. Those those black people did it wrong once again. And I don't do the opposite thing either. Ah, the cops murdered another black man. How could we stand for this when they're hunting? I don't do either. Show me the video. Give me the facts. And then I will take my time, gather together all the information I can, and judge each and every deadly shooting on its own. As they should be. I realize that's a radical concept today. Not popular at all. But that's what I do. And why isn't that popular? Why isn't that popular? Here's why it's not popular. Because it's not easy. We love easy. It's human nature. And I'm no different. We love easy. Give me easy. Give me low maintenance and easy. It just makes it easier to accept and consume and take on everything. Oh, police shooting? Oh, cops are right. Uh, police shooting up oh, cops killed another black guy evil racist cops that those are such those are the easiest laziest positions to take in the world and that's why the vast majority of people take them don't be that way don't be easy and lazy especially when it comes to human lives as far as this particular situation goes who do i blame you ready for this who do i blame for this nobody sometimes Sometimes things just suck. If it's true, 
If it's true that a 15, 16-year-old foster girl, well, for one, let's address that. She's in a foster home. And foster parents can be some of the most blessed people in the world. Oftentimes, they can be scummy and scammers, but oftentimes very blessed people taking in you know troubled kids. But a foster kid is almost always going to be a kid who has experienced some serious loss, possibly severely troubled. Okay, so 15, 16-year-old kid. Let's say she was getting jumped and in a fight with multiple people. Am I going to fall to 15, 16-year-old girl for grabbing a weapon to defend herself if she's taking on multiple attackers? Sorry, I'm not. I'm just not. Look, I'm walking home tonight. I'm not going to walk home, but if I'm walking home tonight and uh, let's say I I lost my, my, my weapon I carry on me all the time. Let's say I'm walking home tonight unarmed. And three dudes jump out and start trying to beat the crap out of me. And I see a stick or a rock or a knife around. You bet I'm grabbing it, Jack. You bet I am. I don't know if you're there to kill me or not, but I ain't going to find out. So no, I don't blame the kid. And I don't blame the cop either. If you watch the video... The girl's there with a knife, has another girl pinned against the car, and has the knife cocked back and absolutely ready. I don't know if this girl possessed the skill or the strength to do it, but absolutely ready for a killing blow. That is how you kill somebody with a knife. Absolutely ready to plunge that thing into a vital organ. Do I expect the cops supposed to show up and whatever the circumstances are, just let that happen? That's not even close to being realistic. Of course he's got to do something right then and now. Anarchy, huge brawl around him, people screaming, oh, man, she's about to kill her with the knife. Of course he has to do something. I don't look at this scenario and immediately think, oh, back to blue, or let's riot and defund the police. I look at that scenario and I think, man, life just sucks sometimes. And really, really crappy things happen sometimes. And everything doesn't have to be some huge political symbol for whatever your political stance is. And this just reinforces my long-held belief about this. I don't do that. I don't do that at all. I don't believe in it, and I'll never do it. I judge each and every one as it comes in. I observe as much as I can. I'm not trying to be the first one on social media with an opinion or on my radio show or on my TV show with an opinion. I just want to get it right. I do believe in the death spiral of the cities, though. We're going to ask author Lee Smith about that in just a second. Jake's Mint Chew is going to help you quit dipping. Jake's Mint Chew might even help you quit smoking. I get emails all the time now from smokers who are using it successfully to quit. And what is it? Well, it's what you think. It's dip you put in your lips. There are 11 different flavors of long cuts, seven different flavors of pouches, and four different flavors of CBD pouches. And what people are doing They're really having huge success with the CBD pouches. What they're doing is that time of day that comes 
when you have a dip, whether it's after a meal or a workout or when you wake up or wherever, whatever it may be, when you have a dip or a, or a cigarette, just throw in a CBD pouch. It gives you something to replace it with that's not bad for you. JakesMintChew.com. That's JakesMintChew.com. Don't forget to use the promo code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E for 20% off. I have been looking forward to this one. His name, obviously, is Lee Smith. He killed it last time he was on. I don't know that I've had a guest on once that's been more requested again than Lee Smith. One of the best authors out there. Highly recommend you buy The Permanent Coup. Lee, I've been telling people to balkanize that I feel the country's splitting and I don't feel like America's cities can be saved. I feel like they're in a death spiral. Am I wrong? Is that too pessimistic? No, Jesse. Well, first of all, thanks very much for your really kind introduction. It's great to be speaking with you again. Um, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of yours. I follow your Twitter feed. Got a lot of friends who, uh, you know, who keep sending me your tweets. And they, uh, everything from, you know, everything from your uh, stuff on Kamala Harris, <laughs> her curious reputation to, yeah, the idea of balkanizing. Look, I think you first started tweeting about this well, several months ago. That's when I first started noticing it, that people should uh, move to red states and make red states more red. Uh, I think that's that's very good advice. It's advice that I took, in fact that my family and I took. So I think it's very good advice. And I, I, I think if you look at the internal migration happening inside the country, uh, it, it's astonishing. I mean, you know, the number of people who are moving to places like Florida, who are moving to places like Idaho. I mean, it's a, it's a historic event. So I think you're absolutely right. And people are getting away from these cities, which, as you say, I think you're absolutely right. They're, they're tumbling into a death spiral for uh, which there is no salvation. There is no hope. That's just the way they're going to go. And, 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 and maybe someday again, places like uh, New York will be uh, safe and will be valued places to live, but not any time in the foreseeable future, I think. Okay, Lee, tell me, tell me how the country looks if the cities become mass-populated urban hellholes full of crime and disaster and rural America is just extremely different. Now, rural America is in in urban America or have always been different. That's the same with all nations throughout history. That's not necessarily Mm -hmm. new, but if they're that different and don't share any common values at all, how do we fix that up? That doesn't sound like a country to me. That sounds like city States. Right. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what the political uh, what the political consequences would be, but I, I think right now the, the other considerations are more important. Primarily, security. I mean, you know, some of the stuff you've been saying about. Uh, I, I think you put had had it on your Twitter feed yesterday. It's like, yeah, there's not going to be 
any uh, incidents of domestic terrorism tonight in the country, in, in, in rural areas, because people are well armed and there's just no trouble out there in that way. And that's absolutely true. So I think the primary thing right now is a matter of security. Then after that, no, no less important is the idea of people um, people going back to their communities, going back to their families. I think, I mean, this is, this is how this country started. So I think in some ways it also, you know, it also gives us a chance to assess what we believe this country is really about. And I think a very powerful politics is, is going to come out of that, out of people who have, out of people who have gathered inside the country, uh, uh, again, through internal migration, they found like-minded people who love the country, who want to empower their strengthen their communities, strengthen themselves, strengthen their you know strengthen their houses of worship. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm excited about right now, and I do think a powerful politics will come from that. What exactly it looks like, I I don't know that right now. Lee, federally, I, I don't I, I don't want to be king cynic. But I, I almost feel the same way federally as I do about the cities, that it's in a death spiral now that can't be stopped just because the, right. it's the entire bureaucracy, too. It's not because we have Joe Biden or, or Nancy Pelosi right. or whatnot. It's that the entire bureaucracy is there. I mean, we all watch them kneecap Donald Trump's agenda for four right. years from inside the House. Is that wrong? Right. Can that be changed? Um. No, I think you're absolutely right. It's not just about the the uh, Biden Harris administration, as we're now instructed to call it. Right? They were doing this. They were doing this with Donald Trump. It exposed the fact. It exposed the fact not just that the federal bureaucracy was in uh, was in possession of of, of an anti-American movement, <laughs> a, a, a movement that does not cherish the same the same values, the same mores. That the America First movement does, right? But we're also talking about, as we see right now, we see this is saying the same thing with the corporate, uh, cultural, and media elite as well. So yeah, in lots of ways, the resources, um, those resources are are not in our possession. Those things are stacked against us. Okay. So what are what are people? People sometimes get mad at me when I talk about a, a divorce, a national divorce, and I understand yeah. why they get mad because that is such a drastic step. But I do think it's necessary, Lee. I don't think we're a nation anymore. We're just in a big cage yeah. match now. Is there a way to actually pull that off without somebody getting hurt? I don't want people hurt. I don't right. want some civil war. I just no, no, want to sure. go our right. separate ways. That's all I want. I think probably a Step before that, that we're likely to see is, I mean, I think Ron DeSantis is really leading the way here. And I think the idea of governors of red states, um, that they will, that they will strengthen themselves and they will strengthen their own authority. So I I think we're going to see, I think we'll see more of that. And um, Christy Noem is as, as, as disappointing as she was with her you know, with with um, with her stance towards that, you know, toward the trans bill. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think, again, we're seeing a lot of red state governors who are showing a lot of nerve. We're showing some courage. So I, I think we'll probably go through that and see if places like Florida, if places like South Dakota will be able to, in, in significant ways, stand on their own. And, and if not, if not, I think we'll, I think the pace, uh, will 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 quick up uh, will quicken up rather 
moving toward, you know, what you describe as a national divorce. I think that's I think it's likely to go that way as as well. Lee, we've got a couple minutes left here. Who actually Mm -hmm. runs the country? Who are the people who are really calling the shots? Is it the tech guys, the billionaires? Is it Joe Biden? I can't even say that with a straight face. Who runs the country? Yeah, right. it's it's not Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden is uh, Joe Biden is a mummy, yeah. right? He, he's a mummy motivated by an algorithm. Um, so no, I mean I think I, I think we saw it during the I, we saw it during the Trump years, and we continue to see it. I mean I think it's extremely large corporate interests, including uh, including big tech and significant parts of the federal bureaucracy. If we look, for instance, Amazon is a key nexus, I think. If you look at what Amazon is doing, it's not just about, uh, it's not just about tapping into Chinese manufacturing. It's not just about distribution. It's not just about during the coronavirus, breaking all these small businesses. Remember, the person who owns all the information Right where the CIA stores its information is Amazon Web Services. That's Jeff Bezos. So if we look at these different, if we look at these different uh, intersections, I think it's I think it's quite clear. It, significant aspects of the federal bureaucracy, especially the intelligence services, as well as as, as well as big tech and extremely large corporate interests. I mean, I, 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 I tend to see them all as the same thing. It's hard for me to separate out right now the difference between um, the difference between fed, our federal bureaucracies, big tech and the media. I think they're, they're, I, it, it, it's a it's a partnership. Lee Smith, everybody, author of The Permanent Coup. Read all of his stuff. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks very much. Sounds like he's describing the system pretty well, doesn't it, Chris? All right. You know what? We're going to get to some questions. It's time to lighten this thing up here. You ready for this? It's time for questions. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, And just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. 
<laughs> Chris, stop. Stop playing. It's, I mean, just the worst person. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Christina Wong coming up in about 40 minutes. She's going to talk about the military, the military going hard left. How bad is it? What are the people... What are the people inside the military telling her? She's one of those people that has 8,000 sources in the military. I want to know. Let's get the straight scoop on it. So we'll go over that. If you missed any part of the Jesse Kelly show, including our beginning, which was really about the opening of World War I and the Battle of Mons, the whole show is available after the show is done on podcast. It's in podcast form on iHeart and Google and Spotify and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, talking about how handsome I am. Email. In the light of George Floyd trial slash verdict, please tell your jury duty story. Also, share with us your philosophy of jury duty. (laughs) I haven't told the jury duty story in forever. Forever. There's not much to it. I don't know why people like this story. All right, well, here's, here's what it was. I was pretty fresh out of the Marine Corps. I want to say 25, 26. I was a young dude, a pretty young dude. I'm living uh, close to Tucson. I think I was in the Burbs. Maybe I was Tucson proper, but Tucson, Arizona is where I'm living at the time. It doesn't matter. And I get called for jury duty. And this is going to sound judgmental. It's not. I do not believe in avoiding jury duty. I do not believe in it. I understand there are circumstances where you absolutely cannot go. It's just, it's, it's an odd thing for a narcissistic, disassociated sociopath like me to think, but I feel like as a citizen, you have a duty to go do jury duty and go do it to the best of your ability, if at all humanly possible. I know everyone uses a thousand and one excuses to get out of it. And I say that as somebody who, because of what I do now, I'll never sit on another jury, ever. They're just, they're never going to accept somebody like me on the jury. I mean, they're digging into what, I remember they asked us at the time what bumper stickers we had on our car. What do you think they're going to say when they find out what I do? It's, it's, I have no chance of sitting on a jury ever. In fact, the last time I got called for jury duty, I get called for jury duty, and I actually am down to um, – they keep whittling out other people. They're just pick, basically drawing numbers out of a hat at this point in time. And they whittle the thing down, and there are like 30 or 40 of us left. And we get in there, and of course, the prosecution knows who I am right away. They pull me aside afterwards, just want to say I'm a big fan. I'm like, oh, well, I'm gone. Defense struck me next time. They're like, yep, yeah, gone. So it's not going to happen for me now. But uh, – I view it as an obligation people should do. So I get word that I've been summoned to jury duty. Now, I'm not thrilled about it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm doing backflips. I have to take the day off work and go down to town, and and, and it's boring, and you're waiting around. And and remember, this is pre-smartphone, too. We don't take – we don't – we don't appreciate enough that you have an endless source of information and entertainment in your hands at all times. That is that is unique. Well, this is before that. So you got to go. You bring a book. You, you go down there. You just wait. 
Well, they keep whittling people off and whittling people off and whittling people off. And finally, boom, I make the jury. And they drop the hammer on us. Hey, uh, you know, because 99% of these juries are, are DUIs or something like that. Something take half a day. They drop the hammer on us. Hey, just have to give you a heads up. This is not going to be a half-day thing. This is going to be multiple days. This is a, a more complicated case than that. At this point in time, I'm getting pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. It's not that I want to take multiple days off of work, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, what, what's this going to be? This is going to be really, really cool. And it was. It was sweet. I get the jury duty. I get on the jury. And it turns out this is a case of, I'm pretty sure they were illegal immigrants because they came out right off the bat and said you're not allowed, the, the, uh, the defense or the prosecution was not allowed to inquire about the immigration status of them, which tells everybody right off the bat, oh, okay, well, that's a weird thing to bring up. But it was a drug sting, a multi-person, multi-location, multi-charge drug sting case. And it, it, it goes on. It, they start going into the details of it, and you feel like you're in the middle of an episode of Miami Vice. I'm not going to lie. It was really freaking cool. As part of the jury, and I think it went four or five days, as part of the jury, you're watching drug sting videos where undercover cops are getting in the car with the defendants who are sitting right there looking at you and you're watching the undercover cops buy I think I may have this wrong I think it was heroin off of them if I remember right buying heroin off of them and there and there's multiple audio and video recordings and it's just intense and at the end of it it's deliberation time you want to know how that went tell you in a moment Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I will finish my jury duty story here in just a moment. I told you it was just a brief one. And we'll get into some more of the. Someone wants to know. 
logistically, when I talk about national divorce and how I think we need one, and I'm dead serious about that, how would it work? Well, I'm going to explain to you how I have it envisioned in my head, and obviously I'm going to be the one running it, so I will lay that all out for you. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Tomorrow, not Friday, tomorrow is Ask Dr. Jesse because I'm going to be out Friday. So call with your voicemails with your questions or send me an email, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all off. I read them. I'll wrap up jury duty and we'll talk about national divorce. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Sombrero Jesse. With what, Chris? Yes. I had jury duty. I got on jury duty. It was a drug sting. It lasted four or five days. I don't remember. I do remember the the defense attorney was an absolute dime. I do remember that. I also remember we go back into the deliberation room, and now it's time to to you know decide guilty or not guilty. And they were, I mean, they were quite obviously guilty on all counts. It wasn't as if there was a lot of mystery or was going to take us very long. But you have to go back, and I, and I don't know if it works this way always. I only know this is how it worked on mine. So don't email me and say, it's not true. It did, it was on mine, where the jurors pick their own jury foreman. And we go back there, and I'm by far the youngest one there. I, I, like I said, I think I was 25. I may be wrong, but it's pretty close there. And everyone else is well into their 40s. And we all sit down. It's time to pick the foreman. And I'm all, okay, well, what are we doing? Let's pick the foreman. We're never going to get out of here if we don't pick the foreman. That's step one. We've got to pick the foreman. Well, I'm not really sure. I'm like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to organize ourselves, and we're going to have – I'm going to hand out a piece of paper to everybody. And what you're going to do is you're going to write down who you want to be foreman. And whoever's written down there, that's going to be the foreman. Everyone understand? And they're all like, okay, all right, well, and then one guy pipes in and he says, well, you're already organizing everybody. Why don't you just be the foreman? And everybody looks at me and says, oh, yeah, that's true. And I'm all, ah, oh, crap. Okay, well, all right, I'm the foreman now. Now let's get organized. And, yes, we ended up, uh, we ended up convicting on there. It was, it was not questionable. I mean, like I said, you, you knew it all. It was all laid out ahead of you. But that's the story. How long, Chris? I think it took us a couple hours 
But the problem with it, well, the problem with it is, is I mean, look, it is someone's life in your hands, and even as even as a younger guy, you are taking that into account. And there were all these separate charges, you know, this for this, and this for that, and this for that. And you can't just say, "Well, I'm guilty on all counts." You need to go through each and every one. Did they prove this beyond a reasonable doubt? That kind of thing. And it, what? What? Well, yes, Chris, I know that video evidence, so it was obviously proof, but you have to go through the trial thing, man. You have to go through the trial. That's part of having a justice system worth its salt. So there, that's my that's my story. And I still get crap from friends to this day. Everybody, everyone I know, the wife, everybody, they'll give me crap about being jury foreman because I tend to I tend to take charge in in situations I tend to take charge and I don't know what that is or why that is but I it's not like I go into that I'm in charge it just tends to work out that way and so I'll get they'll be all oh here we go again jury foreman everybody got a good old kick out of me being the youngest one there by a mile and being jury foreman so there that is my jury duty story dear most excellent handsome oracle I like the I, I like the national divorce idea, but I don't understand how that would work logistically. As you always say, commies never look at something and say, we've got this and all this and that's enough. Even if they come to terms with it and they had their part and we had ours, how will we keep them out of our part? Once they wreck where they are, many move to a red state and proceed to continue voting the same way. That's what is happening and has already happened to what are reliably red states now. I listen to you religiously via podcast. You're my favorite part of the day, but I haven't heard you comment on how this would work. Thank you for all you do. Your biggest fan next to yourself. <laughs> Love you, big lug. She says I can say her name. Her name's Lisa Pace. All right, well, here's the deal. This is how I envision it. One of the biggest complaints I get when I talk about us needing a divorce as a nation, I don't get very many anymore of people saying, no, we can, we shouldn't. The main complaint I get now is people saying they're never going to let us go. That is a very valid argument. My argument back to you is this. No, they don't want to let us go. In a normal situation, they would not let us go. But there is one gigantic, and I mean monumentally big, obstacle that stands in the way of the American communists really doing everything they want to do. And they've never found a way to overcome it. Guns. That was step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten for every communist dictator who took over his country and ransacked the place and murdered a bunch of people. They confiscated the guns because private people could not have gun ownership because then that gives them power, and all the power has to belong to the state. The American people, especially people on the right, are simply very, very, very heavily armed. No, I don't think the communist is ever going to get to a place where he says, you know— Get them out of here. I don't even want them here. I'm ready for a divorce, too. No, I, I, I know it drives them insane. They can't just push us around and do what they want to us. I know that for a fact. But the fact remains, we are armed, heavily, heavily armed. So they can't just kick in the door and say, you're not leaving. You have to stay. 
So I'm banking on that being the basis for where we go to them and say, okay, we're not disarming. You hate us. We hate you. We don't share anything in common anymore. anymore. So let's just agree. We're not in a position of power strong enough in the culture to take on you, to take you down. Okay, good for you, commies. You took over our culture. You ruined it. Good for you. That's fine. You want you won that battle. But you also are not strong enough to take down 100, 200 million gun owners. You're just simply not. The numbers are not that you can't do it. I know we're both mad about that. You're mad you can't destroy us because we have guns. We're mad that you wrecked the culture and we don't have it anymore. Okay, well, divorces are rarely pleasant. Let's agree that we're both mad about something. What, Chris? See, Chris just made a common mistake, and it's going to be a mistake a lot of people make as I walk through this. Chris said instead of a divorce, we'll just expel them and keep the whole country. This is what's going to hold back our divorce process. You need to think of this like a divorce with an arbitrator and sitting down and we're dividing up the things. You know what makes arbitration and divorce extremely difficult? The person who won't put their swords away. No, he's a scumbag and a drunk and I'm not giving him the dog. No, she's a she's a harlot and I'm not giving her my mom's fine china. Screw her. I want everything. Okay. Understand this. Divorce is hard. Divorce hurts. You, you, I'm talking to you, you are going to give up things in this divorce that are precious to you. They are going to give up things in this divorce that are precious to them. We're not sitting here because it's fun. We're not sitting around our divorce table dividing up the kids in the fine china and the dog because it's fun. It's miserable. We hate each other. We're sitting in the same room with each other. We're figuring out who gets what, who has to give up this, and who has to give up that. And it's going to be hard. What we're not going to do is sit down and say, I get everything and you get nothing, because that all that does is slow down the process. What, Chris? Chris said, who gets the nukes? So hold on. We're not, th- we're not going to details yet. Obviously, when it comes to something like nuclear power, you're going to want to divide those up. You can't one person have all of them. Don't do what you're doing right now. Of No, I want them all. No. Of course, we cannot trust them, Chris. That's not the point. The point is getting out of this thing while we all still have something left. Yes, they're going to turn their country into an absolute nightmarish hellhole, like all communist countries are. Our deal is we want to separate out and have our own thing. I'm not finished yet. Hang on. Talk Radio Revolution. Jesse Kelly. Jake's Mint Chew is the solution that actually works when you're trying to quit dipping. I dipped forever. I loved dipping so much, I never got to a place in my life where I said, oh, this is disgusting. I hate this. I need to stop. I just got to a place in my life where I knew I needed to stop. And that, that's what made it so hard for me. 
Look, a nicotine patch didn't do anything for me. I still wanted that feeling of having something in my lip. Sunflower seeds didn't work. It just nothing worked. I needed Jake's Mint Chew because it gives me a transition, a tobacco-free, nicotine-free, sugar-free transition that I can put in my lip and work my way off of it. Go try it. It works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. double standard to not condemn or speak out against the comments by Maxine Waters, even if she didn't mean to imply violence? Well, first I would say that um, the Congresswoman has provided further clarification of her own remarks, and I would certainly point you to that. And if we're looking in this scenario, we're looking at a family who has lost someone. They've just watched a trial. Oh, yes. Maxine Waters. It's a shock Democrats aren't going to hold themselves accountable. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Reminder, tomorrow it's Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday this week because I'm out Friday. Back to our national divorce thing. Remember, we do have guns. They have never found a way to disarm us. That's the reason I say this thing is possible. And if you understand the mind of the communist, you understand they're very, very, very frustrated by that. They're very frustrated by the fact that you are able to defend yourself, that they hate it. It's, it's, it just goes against everything the communist stands for. You're not supposed to have any power to rebel. That, 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 that's not something they stand for. Logistically, how do I see this working? I see several leaders, probably shouldn't be too many because you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. I see two, three, four, maybe five leaders on each side, one representing the communists, one side representing us, getting together for a long meeting. And I mean a week, two weeks. I do not envision allowing... So what, six weeks, six months, Chris says, yeah, that's probably not out of line when you're dividing up something like that. That's probably not out of line. Okay, just call it six months, call it a year for meetings where you're dividing things up. You absolutely 100% cannot have them televised at all. It will ruin everything. You have to do the best you can do. To keep a lid on everything social media-wise, you just cannot have that information out. You have to also entrust whoever the leaders are there. And I don't know how we would pick that. Now, let's talk about the actual logistics. What makes up a nation? One, geography is really, really important. And one of the things Americans don't appreciate enough about America is that we have two massive borders with the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean. That is huge. If you look at where America sits in the world, 
we just have access to everybody because of the access to both oceans. So when I'm drawing up the lines for America, I don't think you can divide it up and not give each side at least some access to one of the oceans. Yes, I like something diagonally, Chris. I think that makes the most sense for where people are. Uh, I'm not going to do an exact line here, and I'm not staring at a map, but something along the lines of drawing a line from Maine that goes from Maine down to Southern California and give the people on the right who want to live free the, the southeast corner and give the people on the left the northwest corner. That probably makes the most sense. Uh, it's going to look something like that. And what you get is this. You get people all the time, and it's totally understandable that say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just, I'm, I'm as conservative as it gets. I'm in, I'm in South Dakota. You just gave me to the communists. So I'm stuck here. Divorce is hard. You're going to have to move. And lest, lest you start yelling at me now at this point in time of, I don't want to move. And buddy, people being relocated. I don't know what you want to call it, dislocated, people being forced, coerced to pack up everything they know and love and move to a completely unfamiliar place to them is not somehow unique to you. It is the history of the world. Yes, that sucks. And they're going to have to do it too. You know you know how many card-carrying communists down on our section are going to have to find a way to mooch off someone and move up to their area? A lot. That sucks. It's terrible. That's how it's going to have to go. That's how it's going to have to go. I'm sorry. It's just no way around it. Logistically, that's how it works. That's how it works geographically. As far as everything else goes, it's going to be a lot of horse trading. Chris brought up the nukes, but honestly, you can just you can you can uh, zoom out on that a little bit and just go military in general. Who gets what? How much of it do you want? The, the most important part, honestly, with our situation going forward, is going to be the navy because that's the part that costs a fortune to build and takes forever to build. You need to take the existing navy and the air force. You really need those two. As much as that pains me to give any credit to the Navy and the Air Force, those things are going to be critical for you. You're going to have to train your own force. You have to divide up the military. Here's one that's going to be huge. Who gets how much of the debt? Who gets how much of the debt? Let's not act like we're only walking into this arbitration to have a national divorce with assets we have $23 trillion at last check of debt. That's going to have to be divided up too. That's probably going to have to be divided up proportionally for who gets what portion of the economy. Okay, well, we're taking 60% of the economy. Okay, then enjoy 60% of the debt and vice versa. You understand? And you're going to have to be careful with the natural resources. Real careful. Don't forget... The last time something like this was tried, even though it's nothing like what I'm talking about, when the South decided we don't like it anymore, we're leaving. The biggest problem the South faced was their economy just was weak. 
It was weird. Remember the South economy? The entire South economy was, I believe the number is one-fifth the side of the size of New York's. They just didn't have they just didn't have the juice to keep this thing going. We're gonna have to be careful about something like that. You brought up this person brought up them relocating. We don't want them to relocate and ruin our place. Well, that's not a problem for me. I'm an immigration hawk. Look, if this is the United States of Jesse, which it probably should be, Chris, what, Chris? If this is the United States of Jesse, immigration's not going to be a problem. Neither is deportation. Uh, and I mean not going to be a problem. If you don't have that sacred thing called citizenship, you better be on your best behavior or you'll get deported just for looking at somebody wrong. That may sound harsh, but what we have here in America now, we treat American citizenship, which is just the most precious thing in the world. People around the world would quite literally kill for it. They die. They are. They die for it. And we treat it like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Like it just doesn't mean anything. Like it's not precious at all. Oh, it's amnesty. Let's just give amnesty to 10. Wait, what? We just hand it out like candy here. So you're going to have to divide that stuff up, and it's going to hurt. But who gets who gets Washington, D.C.? Chris raises his hand. Look, I know half the people in the, half the people right now are like, well, I don't want Washington, D.C. Give that to them. But look, there's so much history there. And you're talking about mass relocation of people who want to move to the – so you're going to have to have a long grace period for that. What is that, a year, five years? It can't be 10 years, Chris. That's dragging it on too long. Pack up stuff and get out. But it's, it's going to have to be something like that. So obviously this is not something I haven't thought about. Do I think any of this is likely at all? No. Do not get your hopes up. It's just that's a very complicated affair. But if anybody can do it, why not us? We'll ask Christina Wong about it and what's going on in the military. Hang on. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm uses sonic technology that produces super oxygen. I'm not making that up. It's it's the same thing that happens after there's a thunderstorm. The way nature cleans out the air, you can have that in your home. This thing doesn't cover up odors. It eliminates them. Those allergies, say goodbye. It totally cured mine. No more itchy eyes for me. No more runny nose. No more sneezing. It kills and prevents the spreading of mold, fungus, and mildew anywhere in your house. You never breathe dirty air again. Go get yourself one. Go get yourself two. Look, I, I own three of them. I own three of them. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. When you do that, don't forget to use the code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E. That saves you 10 bucks. Save yourself some money. EdenPureDeals.com. Code word JESSE.
How bad is it in the military right now? Well, it's really bad from what I gather. But then again, I don't have Christina Wong's sources, although I know a person or two. So joining me now with Breitbart, Christina Wong. Christina, how bad is the military woke stuff? I see all the headlines. I know you see all the headlines. I mean, frankly, you write half the headlines. But how bad is it? Are the people displeased? Are they fine? Is it just a, a little song and dance thing? What's going on? Yes. Uh, thanks for having me on your show, Kelly. I, I just love you and your show. Appreciate um, you. Things, <laughs> things, things are really bad, and they're, they're kind of getting bad at a really rapid pace. Um, so ever since the Biden administration came in, it's just been all these woke initiatives. You know, there's this focus on extremism. They're not even, the Pentagon's not even defining what this extremism means, but, you know, they're, they're wanting to root this out. Then you've got, you know, Democrat uh, lawmakers who are pushing this on. Uh, you had uh, Senator Blumenthal say um, he thought like 10% of the military were white supremacists no. and extremists. Uh, so, you know, that has a real chilling effect. So I've, I've heard it, you know, personally from, from people, there's just this chilling effect in the military for, you know, folks who are conservative or who supported Trump. Um, and, you know, it's it's in lots of different areas, you know, with the COVID vaccine. I mean, there's this push now to get troops vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I think troops are feeling the squeeze like they can't express their views on anything that goes against the Biden administration, because then they're going to be investigated as an extremist. So, you know, this whole extremism thing is is really bad. And then you've got you know, the transgender recruits and service members um, being allowed to serve and also um, eligible for transgender, you know, sex changes. You've got all this, you know, uh, initiatives to uh, increase numbers of women in the military and, and, you know, in in combat units. And um, you had the dropping of the leg tuck, you know, (laughs) on the uh, Army Combat Fitness Test. So there's just so much that's going on. Christina, I am hearing from buddies of mine, and this this sucks, but it's inevitable. I'm hearing from buddies of mine that they're just they're just going to get out when their enlistment's up. They're just not going to mess with it anymore, and that's what worries me because these are the good guys, and it's really for for their side at least, it's addition by subtraction. You don't have to run people out; just make it miserable enough, and they'll leave anyway. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I've been hearing that, too. And I think the folks who are sort of now empowered, the woke military folks, they don't care. I think that, you know, they're they're They want folks who don't agree with them to get out. And, you know, I think that's going to be really bad for recruitment. Um, I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but I think there's a sense among senior military leadership. You know, I'm not really sure what what their sense is, you know, uh, but that this is going to be somehow good for the force. They keep saying, you know, diversity is good, uh, you know, versus readiness or lethality. They're focusing on you know, diversity and, and equality and all this stuff. And But I, I, I'd i be curious to see what is the real effect of all of this. Is this really good for recruitment? Um, and, you know, we, we see this at, at West Point now. Um, uh, Representative Mike Waltz from Florida, he brought up that cadets are, are required to attend at least one seminar um, on diversity, equality, and inclusion. Oh, gosh. And, <laughs> And you have, a, I think you have a slide uh, or a lecture that was about, you know, understanding whiteness and, and white rage um, and, you know, police officers 
often described as murderers, you know, and, and so there's there's all sorts of wokeness that we're not even aware of <laughs> going on. And it only comes out because, you know, people may leak to a trusted source or go to their congressman. I mean, it's pretty bad if you have to go to your congressman uh, to, you know, reveal stuff like this. And, and, and I think people are also scared of, of going to the media. I mean, we've seen atrocious behavior from the media, uh, you know, for for a long time now. So it's I, I think people are feeling the squeeze in the military. Christina, is there any part of the military right now that is that is standing up to it or is able to stand up to it? Now, the president is the commander in chief, so you can only stand up so hard or so much. But is there a particular unit or branch or anything that is doing something <laughs> to, to stop the tide? Well, I think the Marine Corps, right? Yeah. They're kind of like the last bastion, um, you know, of manlyhood, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the military, as you know well. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't – I think you see a few lone voices. So you did have um, in one hearing – you had um, Dan Sullivan, who's actually a Marine, uh, by the way, senator from Alaska. He pressed uh, two generals. He said, you know, do you do you think that there are 10 percent of white supremacists and extremists in the military? And, and they said, you know, I think that's way too high. And most people, you know, serve honorably. And and the military is, you know, uh, one of the least racist places, uh, you know, in, in our country. So. You know, there are the lone voices, uh, but they have to be coaxed out because everyone, everyone's scared. You know, everyone's scared now, as you always point out. You have to stand up, uh, you know, otherwise uh, your voice is just silenced and, you know, you, you just got to keep standing up to the bullying. Christina, I saw 51 candidates caught cheating at West Point. I was shocked it was that high, but should I be? Is that the norm? <laughs> So that, uh, I don't think that's the norm. So the last time something like this happened was in 1976, um, and, and that involved um, a lot more. But I think a, a similar amount um, was, uh, was actually punished. So I think back then it was like 150 or so were caught cheating, but I, most of them were reinstated. So I, I think it turned out to be like 63. So that is roughly equivalent. However, that was almost 50 years ago. So if you look at, at, you know, 50 years ago to now, things are obviously um, backsliding. And one thing that uh, even the leadership of West Point uh, are looking at or, or, or pointing to is the willful admission process. And that was this process that was put in in 2015 to allow cadets uh, to not be expelled for something if they admitted guilt, I think, within, you know, something like 24 hours of being confronted. So uh, the superintendent of West Point actually scrapped that, uh, saying that's not effective. You know, that was an outcome of this West Point cheating. And, you know, alum have said, uh, you know, back back in their day, you know, of course, folks always say this, but but. But back in their day, it, it, they would be, you know, automatically expelled for something like this. But so in this case, you had 73 accused of cheating, and I think 53 or so are going to remain in. They just have to repeat a year or, or six months. Um, so there's still a lot of leniency here. But they're getting rid of that policy so that there won't be. But I think, you know, I, I think the um, 
bottom line is that things are going backwards. So you have West Point um, focusing on critical race theory, you know, and calling cops murderers uh, and, you know, not kind of focusing on ethics and honor and, and, and duty and, you know, what they're supposed to focus on at West Point. <laughs> Christina Wong with Breitbart. Go read all of her stuff. I do. Thank you so much. Big fan. Oh, thank you so much, Jesse. Big fan of yours, too. Have a good one. All right. We have headlines I didn't get to. We have an email I have to address. This one is from a female listener talking about the attractiveness or lack thereof of the leftists in my video where I went undercover at the leftist protest. I actually have something I want to talk about, about why it appears that way. This one's going to be offensive. Hang on on The Jesse Kelly Show. to the Jesse Kelly show. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I have to get to headlines I didn't get to, but first, I need to address this email. Dr. Jesse, I watched the video of you, quote, undercover. You know what? That's not nice. I was undercover. You guys just put up on Twitter and things occurred to me. She's talking about, I I went undercover at the anti-Kavanaugh protests as a liberal, and I had a get-your-hands-off-my-uterus t-shirt on and these weird-looking glasses. I did stick out a little, uh, which I guess is her point number one. Number one, holy crap, you are freakishly tall. I'm above average height at 6'8". That's, well, yes, I understand that's very tall. I do. But also understand that I'm surrounded in that video By political people, political people, for the most part, if you're an activist, if you're the type of person who shows up at that stuff all the time, 
You're probably short. You're just probably short. What, Chris? Why? It's just it's just the way it is. Two. She said, look, this is her words, not mine. Libs are a bunch of uggins. Seriously, take a look at that again yourself. The only attractive people were the people who came up to you after the lib hag outed you to shake your hand. It made me go back through some other videos I've seen of protests on the right and left. And the right seems to be cranking out really attractive people where the left seems to be the party of very gender neutral, greedy haired, just gross people. Yes, that's a chicken or the egg thing. I will tell you this. And this is going to sound this is going to sound like I'm kissing up. Women on the right are stunningly good looking. I, I am shocked the deeper I get in this business, how many absolute dimes are on the right. I mean, of all ages, I, uh, the, you, you get some uh, 50 year old person, some 50 year old woman on the right. There are dozens and dozens of them that are just draw jaw droppers. And that's I mean, 18 too. you know, they're, they're just they're stunners all over the place. And there are very few on the left. They just, they look terrible. Why is that? Let me tell you why. There's this thing called bitterness. You've heard of it before. To be on the left is to be miserable, absolutely miserable. So, here's the thing. If you're bitter for too long, If you're bitter for too long, it poisons your body, your physical body, worse than a a case of Marlboro Reds a day. And I'm not making that up. You can't be consumed with bitterness of any kind. It doesn't have to be political. It can be your job, your your ex-husband, whatever it may be. If you're bitter for too long... It manifests itself physically. And I'll be honest with you. If you go look at that video, it's up on the show's Twitter, at, Je- at Jesse Kelly's show. It's a funny video. It's fun. It's two minutes long. You'll enjoy it. But if you go look at it, and it's fun, and we had a blast, and everyone laughed and loved it. It was a blast. I know I'm a heartless jerk, and I remain that. I will tell you. It actually hit me pretty hard a couple times when I was there that, this actually isn't funny. This is sad. These people, when you go way through the crowd and actually hear them and see them and smell them and whatnot, these people are mentally unwell, really legitimately mentally unwell. There was one girl there who was standing on the steps of the Supreme Court with no top on, just just pants and writing all over her upper body and... And, and and like a young girl, and I couldn't make out her face. I didn't want to stare. I didn't want to be that guy. Hey, take a look at that. I, but but looked to be a, a young girl who had a chance at being, you know, remotely, you know, happy. And you're standing on the Supreme Court steps with your body out there for all the world to see and writing on you. And that goes beyond politics. That's somebody who's mentally not doing well person's just not doing well. I, I don't have another way to put it than that. person's not doing well. So <sighs> I'm not trying to be mean, but if it seems like people on the left are physically ugly, 
much physically uglier than people on the right? It's because they are. How many people on the right do you see smiling all the time, just a more pleasant outlook on life? When you wade into bitterness, it's not even a political lesson. When you wade into bitterness of any kind, it it is like drinking hemlock every single day. Poison, Chris. It's like drinking poison, Chris, for Pete's sake. It's like drinking poison every day. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Bitterness, bitterness will age you more than cigarettes and alcohol. You're better off picking up cocaine than picking up a steady diet of bitterness. Please don't pick up cocaine. I was just making an outlandish example there. I realize how much that that probably didn't come across on the radio. All right. Now, I just had to get that off my chest. We are now going to get to headlines I didn't get to. Let us begin. George Floyd trial. 3,000 National Guard deployed in Minneapolis as ex-cop Derek Chauvin is found guilty of murder. You better keep them there. Oh, wow. That was one headline. Let's see if I can do more. Hang on. daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you don't catch us live with that phone number, leave a voicemail with your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We will play them on the air tomorrow. Email me your love, your hate, your death threats, and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Tomorrow, I don't even know if I'm going to have a guest. I might do no guests again and just try to churn through as many of those questions as I can after our history story. They do not have to be political. They can be. That's fine. If you want to make them about food, your job, whatever the case may be, I will answer them. And I give you my word. If I don't know the answer, I will make something up on the air. That's my promise to you. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps gold star and fallen first responder families as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.